0: and welcome to worldview worldview is a podcast where we explore everyone's perspectives on all things that can broaden our worldview if you've watched some of our content and liked it please consider liking this video subscribing and donating on patreon today we're talking with ramon alexander ramon is considered a leading exponent of cape jazz as a pianist he has performed with a few legends like japanese trumpeter Terumasa Hino and veteran drummer jack momplay his ensemble has performed at numerous local and international music festivals, notably the Cape Town International Jazz Festival and the No Black Thai Jazz Club in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia in 2019. Ramon, welcome to the show. Hello, Pietrus. Thank you for, for having me. We just want to first start off and just ask you know, the basic questions, getting to know you a bit better. How did you get involved in music?
1: Well, music obviously has been an integral part of our family. Um, it's, it's been in our house since I o- opened my eyes. My dad, uh, for instance, he was a huge um, Elvis Presley fan. And obviously in the mix, my mother also listened to some um, opera like um, um, Nana Muscuri. And uh, yeah, and my dad was the, the, the dominant music listener in, in, in the house. So my ears got attuned to music at a very early age. And um, my brother, my older brother, we are um, three brothers, five siblings. Um, my older brother, he, um, when he practiced um, his piano lessons because we grew up in a small town called Mamre. And it was, um, yeah, it, it's quite uncommon to hear uh, people in Mamre at that time um, taking piano lessons. So. I was very intrigued w- with what he learned and how he practiced, and I was very curious. I was hanging around the piano all the time, you know. So obviously, that was a major um, um, deciding factor for me, you know.
0: Mm, mm, mm. And I um, mean, as, as 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 a you know a young child, I'm assuming you maybe like pressed some of the keys while he was practicing. Like, did he like it or not, or <laughs> what was that relationship like?
1: Um, actually, um, I would I only remember the pleasant memories, you know, where he said, like, come sit here and I'll show you this, I, you know? So, I mean, he was never like, um, um, in, he felt invaded by, by, by me. Yeah. That's why I, I can remember that. <laughs>
0: Well, that's yeah. that's awesome. It's such an incredibly welcome, welcoming, well, sorry, welcoming environment. Um, yeah. I, I also have family members that also, you know, sat and practiced and had to do it all day. and it was a lot of discipline and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, inviting me into that family as well, I used to play trumpet. Just, you know, oh. it's, it's yeah, it's a great environment, and I love jazz personally. Um, oh, so, yeah. okay. But back, 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 uh, back on you, I want to know what were your inspirations? What what made you go into jazz? Was it was your father also jazz, or was it more? Um... <clears throat> no, my father actually hated jazz. Oh really? I think,
1: good- yeah, my I don't think my father ever came to a concert of mine, even in my adult days. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, so I also grew up with um. When I started playing piano, I started in the conventional sort of classical um, lessons, you know. Um, so I took lessons from in Mossel Bay, um, and then I, that was when I was about eight years old, or so. And moving along to when I was about 15 years old, I I remember going to Cramestown with my brother, you know, the one, the piano playing one. He Mm -hmm. loved jazz, by the way. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember we went to this one um, concert at the Monument Theater in Cramestown. Now, Makanda, of course. Um, um, And I was blown away by especially the what the piano player did in this it was a cuban band called i remember it very well mm. called como no and um okay. i don't know what it means but yeah uh, but the piano player intrigued me and um for someone who hated jazz at that time uh, i mean that i got hooked <laughs> at that point mm. specifically
0: mm. yeah and it was, it was just a you know passion point from that point on forward as is, is it the relaxed music style or you know what amount what, what jazz specifically attracted you
1: oh well, um i'm not really sure but uh, if i had to guess it, it was because at that point in time without me knowing it, i was already i had an aptitude for playing lighter music you know so um, um, i was playing songs from the radio, I was browsing through my brother's um, music books. You know, he had a book of 70s music and 80s music, all the hits and stuff. So I learned that stuff eventually. Um, and, and that also was the time when I started playing by ear. Mm. You know, for a classical musician um, mm. at the time, um, it was something uh, quite challenging to do. Mm. So at that specific time, I was interested in, like I said, transcribing songs off the radio and playing it for mm. my own enjoyment <laughs> mm. uh,
0: yeah. what, what was your what was your main format of um, consuming music was it was it was it uh, you know concerts or was it you know tape or, or where exactly did you where did you hear mus- most of your music yeah. that you so played you want, of video from?
1: yeah so you want me to um give away my age now <laughs> <laughs> well when well, I was I've about fa- five years old in yeah the, uh, yeah I remember receiving my first music gift, you know, it was a tape Mm -hmm. by um, a group called um, Modern Talking. I don't know if you remember them. Um, No, no,
0: no, no. Yeah,
1: so that was my first, um, you know, the music I owned. And -hmm. obviously, when I started my classical music, um, I was very into specifically piano classical music. So I remember my mom... um, Ordered, uh, she was a subscriber to the Reader's Digest and um, you could order some tapes from them and I remember um, um, this tape set of uh, four tapes of just piano classical music and I think that w- um, was a big part in shaping my love for, for piano specifically mm. Mm. and obviously later on when I discovered jazz I was um, very into the music of um Keith Jarrett,
0: mm, you know.
1: Yes. And mm, much yeah, later either. on, about you know, in my almost 30s, I became very interested in in what you might have picked up in, in Cape Jazz. So um, so I realized there's a lot of treasure right here in on our own soil. You know, so. yeah, no, very
0: much so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you've you've, um, you've since you're interested in Cape Jazz and then obviously performed in Cape Jazz, you've mm-hmm. performed at uh, quite a few places. I mean, we only mentioned uh, <coughs> two of them as the Cape Town uh, International Jazz Festival, and then, of course, an international one at the No Black Tire Jazz Club in Kuala Lumpur. Um, yeah. But you know, more generally, perhaps, could you could you give us some insight as to like where you've performed and, you know, perhaps what what were your least favorite or most favorite um, venues? Uh, Do you have any upcoming shows that that you're excited about particularly?
1: Um, You know what? um, People have this perception of me that I'm a very well-traveled musician, which I'm actually not. I've been overseas a couple of times, um, Mm. um, mostly to the uh, Southeast Asia. I've also performed at... um, um, the Borneo jazz festival. I don't know if you know Borneo. Hmm. Yes it's like yeah, the biggest it's, awesome. uh, it's where the Sultan of Brunei stays, apparently. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I was lucky enough to go there a couple of years back. And um, I would say that my actual highlights is actually playing more with local people. Mm-hmm. And it will remain that for for time to come. Even I think I will travel the world eventually. Um, And I'm very uh, proud of being from here because we have a big, um, rich legacy here. Mm. And um, yeah, you asked me also my favorite places to perform. I've always aspired to um, playing at major jazz festivals, Mm. you know, as opposed to... um, Um, jazz clubs or or crowded venues, people who are noisy and not Mm. really paying attention to your music. Mm. So I won't mention any names about my least favorite places um, Mm -hmm. where I've um, played. So any place that is noisy and unappreciative of of, um, the music is my least favorite. And there are a couple of them around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, at the moment, I'm not performing much, obviously, because of mm, um,
0: yeah. um,
1: the pandemic. But um, I've been lucky enough to um, be approached by um, Stellenbosch University to to teach um, in the um, piano department at the moment. Mm. Uh, you know, it's a new newish um, course that I'm mm. presenting. Obviously, mm. it's the first time that they are... Um, dabbling into jazz Mm. so um, I've been lucky to be approached by them at the moment so Mm. um, I haven't been playing much but I've been involved with music Mm. you know a nice unforeseen blessing of being a teacher is that you 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 learn almost as much as your students right you know so yeah
0: so, so, I mean, having taught at, uh, how, have you taught much at Stellenbosch yet, or is this a new appointment?
1: Well, um, from 2005, I think, so 2012, I was um, uh, in the certificate program at the university. Um, I taught there for, I don't know how many years, I think it's eight or nine years um but um i've recently been approached last year to teach uh, a few undergrad subjects so um which is great because now i have the opportunity from this year on um to study uh, my master's in i don't know in musicology or whatever yeah. um yeah. i'm very happy about it because i've as you might have read i've got a um science back, background. So I've yes. got a um, BSc in Ferticulture and analogy. Mm. So I've been really, um, I'm grateful for um, the recognition of prior learning as as they called it, to mm. be uh, accepted that in mm. my current course that I'm pursuing mm. now,
0: you know? Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's definitely it's definitely a passion of yours. So perhaps teaching in in, in jazz and, and being a pianist oh. there is actually you know more more interesting or more exciting to you rather. Although there is we found there is amazing interesting connection between the sciences and of course the musics. Mm, I haven't dis- discovered that yet.
1: Okay. That's <laughs> well, 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 yeah. Um, but I suppose there is, yeah. Um, mm. you know, in terms, of, um, music is. Uh, at the top of my head, I can, I suppose it's quite mathematical in a sense. Mm. Um, And also um, I can see the connection between wine and and, uh, music and Mm. uh, um, um, women, for instance, Mm -hmm. there's uh, that chemistry. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And yeah. But other than that, um, you know, uh, it, for me, it's two different worlds. I mean, I decided um, while I was studying my PhD, I knew I wasn't going to be a winemaker. As, okay. Well, towards the end, at, at least, because I wasn't nearly as passionate as my peers about the subject as I am, for instance, about music and what I'm doing right now. Mm. So um, I just knew it, you can't go through life without being really passionate about anything. You know, mm. so definitely, so music yeah. was my my natural choice yeah yeah um
0: hmm. so you have obviously um you know you say you're not well toured but you've definitely been uh, around places and you've met some amazing characters we mentioned in the introduction um the uh japanese trumpeter uh masahino and uh jap monplay um do you yeah. have any like besides them perhaps but you know, do you have any interesting stories to convey of, of you know, some exciting, of, of thrilling, or fun moments that happened um, at jazz festivals or tours or, yeah. or any of those performances?
1: Well, for me, I mean, I, I was very um, um, afraid of the question because I don't, I don't have funny stories or anything. Mm-hmm. Maybe some cool moment for me. Maybe I can mm-hmm. share that. Mm-hmm. And I've thought of. Um, I mean, there's a couple. You uh, know, I remember the day I met Abdullah Ibrahim. Um, mm-hmm. He touched me on my shoulder and he said, "Oh, nice playing, son." And um, I remember going to um, Malaysia to know black tie, and um, the promoter who's, who told me about um, Terumasa, who was in town playing golf, and he liked to um, come see the South African piano player because he was Terumasa, he apparently was here a couple of years ago. And, you know, it, it, it was nice for him to connect to the country somehow and sit in on a couple of songs with me at No Black Time. And also, um, if I can remember, um, I remember the, the thrilling um, um, time when I met um, Errol Dyers also because I, he's been a, a childhood hero of mine since uh, I finished high school, Mm. you know, or or I I remember Matric, I I used to listen to his debut album called um, Sunesta. Mm. I used to put it on repeat. And yeah, I just loved it, that um, Mm. album of his. And um, yeah, yeah, I was, I don't know, almost 20 years later, I got the chance to actually meet him and actually work with him. And we recorded an album called Musical Democracy for the Records. And... um, it was like a nice, almost full circle moment for me. And there's one more thing that I uh, um, remember fondly. I remember my first time at the Cape Town International Jazz Festival. That was five years ago. And I remember going into one, we, uh, one of our, or should I say, our venue was a, a big Moses Mollalequa, um ballroom ball in, in, in the, Cape Town Convention Center. And I remember um, at the beginning of the show, I, I looked to my right because that's where the audience was. I was sitting of the piano and looked. And then um, in the first two rows, there were scattered people and they were the only ones in the, in the I would say um, this venue. And it was all people I knew, my friends and my family. And I think um, when I finished the first song, yeah. I, I, um, it was time to address the audience. And I looked and I saw a sea of people. And I was like, wow, what the hell yeah. is this? <laughs> a packed um, ballroom yeah. venue, you know. Um, and that was like something that, obviously, that's something that I will always remember.
0: Yeah. So yeah. it was. It was. It was actually. It was actually. You know, just friends and family supporting you at your performance, and then by the through the course of the first song, it got yeah. packed. It got packed. So you, you literally attracted <laughs> people with your music.
1: Maybe.
0: Uh, well, yeah. I'd, I'd like to think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah well definitely i mean it definitely sounds the way i mean yeah. that that has to be an exhilarating feeling and, and you know being appreciative and doesn't it mm-hmm. did you get nervous though and like for a performance uh or, or, or you are or you used to it by now especially like meeting some of your heroes or that scenario where you turn around and suddenly there's a ton of people it's like do you ever get oh. nervous as performances
1: well firstly i would say i'm not um Like a starstruck person for me, I I don't know. I never had aspirations of playing with this one or Mm. that one. I rather was um, um, very um, into the 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 thought of me becoming a composer, a band leader, Mm. Um, Mm. you know. um, So um, in that regard, I don't get nervous. But when I perform, in front of a sea of people, which, you know, can be daunting. Um, I don't get nervous. Uh, I, I, or should I say, I, I do get nervous, mm. um, but I just tell myself, you, you go with it. Yeah. And yeah. whatever happens in the moment, you, that's that's what's going to um, add value to, to your performance. Yeah.
0: As as you you said that you saw yourself always more, or other your aspirations more as a composer or a band leader? Yes. Um. In terms of, I, I'm not exactly sure on your background. there, it's like, do you have have you performed as a band leader, or perhaps you know composed? Is there some of the famous songs you could mention? Not famous, rather, but one of your favorites.
1: Well, um, as a band leader, I've been, um, yeah, I've performed a couple of times at numerous festivals, in and around in and around South Africa. And obviously, um, um, you mentioned the no no black tie. I was uh, the primary artist, and I was hooked mm-hmm. up with some of Asia's finest jazz musicians
0: yeah.
1: um, at the time. Um, yeah, so um, I think my most requested song is a is a tune called "Sons and Captains." It's like, and I and I say it because it's tried and tested you know I, I there were times where i said to my band i mean i'm so duck over that song you know so yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. Let's, let's not play this song tonight you know there are other songs that i wrote you know which i think is just as good and um and when i finish the performance there's always this chant you know when when are you going to play that song for us sons and captains is a song song yeah so that's my most requested song i'd say
0: yeah uh, we'll, we'll be definitely to add that at the end as an outro uh, with your oh. blessing of course sure if that's all right if you're not too sick of it already you want to see <laughs> it at the end of your interview as well
1: well you see the, um, the rest of the world they, they haven't heard it so obviously I, i'd welcome it yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah. So I just want to say it's, it's actually really interesting that um, the places that you've been—it uh, sounds like it's relatively centered around Southeast Asia. Um, I mean, we mentioned obviously Kuala Lumpur, and we mentioned Brunei. And so, is there is there a, um, a specific connotation uh, between uh, those countries and jazz uh, that is popular there? I'm, I'm not I'm not sure about the history.
1: Well, um, yes, the Creole people. From the Cape, we have most of our roots. Um, um, well, most of us have Asian roots, and I believe that mm, that Asian roots um, come from that specific part of Asia. And you know, if you look at the typical Creole South African person, we've got we basically three continents in 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 one being. So um, that part. Is a very important part. I think um, the Cape Malay um, influence in in the Cape is very prevalent. You know, so um, so I suppose there is a connection between uh, the music of the Cape and um, Asia. Um, yes, the, uh, I remember um, the jazz festival that we performed at in Borneo was. Um, actually not just any jazz festival it was uh, specifically it was called as an ethno-jazz festival okay. which means um they invited um uh, a lot of groups with music that is drenched in their culture you know mm-hmm. so obviously i think cape jazz fits that bill you know mm-hmm. because it's a uniquely um south african experience mm-hmm so um and there were people from japan and and um parts of europe you know and Amer- from the americas and you know so um yeah so um, that all... that that was the main the main attraction of us going there
0: mm. did you at all adjust the music the setting the the, the personality of jazz Uh, depending on which uh, audience you have, which, which, which people you have, because it sounds like at this particular festival, um, everybody was there and they appreciated all the different types of jazz. So Mm -hmm. perhaps uh, is, is there no adjustment necessary? Is it more universal? Well,
1: I think it, it depends on, on, on the tour you are on, you know, Um, I think, and, and the people you're playing for, but I think as a, as a composer, band leader, um, you want to be yourself wherever you go in the, in, into the world, you know. Mm. You want to tell people who you are and where you come from and, you know, and also a small part also you want to um, show people what shaped you, mm. you know. And, and if you're in America, maybe it's a part, a small percentage of, of your product um, could be American jazz, just as a little ode or, or right. say th- thanks to to the world of jazz, you know, for shaping me and um, allowing me to become whatever I've become, you know, so, um, but in general, um, I only play South African music, um, specifically Cape composed music yeah. um, from composers from Cape Town, because because most of these people are actually my friends, and I know them well, and I know they should have been um, in better places where they are, yeah. in terms of um, um, their well-being and their uh, financial state, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and it just makes more sense for me to to go to an, a festival and play, for instance, um, Ibrahim Khalil Shahab songs because I I know him I know his situation and maybe put some money in his pocket instead of playing American music and making them more
0: rich yeah even richer you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. definitely yeah yeah and you also you also want to adjust to I mean like you said you, you want to let people know where you come from you want to know what special what's special about um, your performance and your history and, and your talents as well. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. probably more worth because if they want American jazz, they can go to America. If they want Indian jazz, they can go to India. But your type of jazz exactly. is your type of jazz. Like there's a fingerprint exactly. on that nobody else can do it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's really, really cool. And, you know, uh, what, what's, what's, your, what's your creative process like in terms of how do you go about <laughs> creating your music? You've mentioned that it's, it's got roots in, in what you know and it, it's affected by your friends and family to come and watch it. But yeah. what's your general process like?
1: Well, in a nutshell, you know, um, um, if, I, if you can see my hands, it's, it's the origins of, of the music is somewhere between the brain and the heart. If what you know is so cerebrally and what you feel as a human being. Mm. So um, I think it's always a, a balance between, it's always somewhere between there. Sometimes mm. you are um, inspired by something that you hear, musically some uh, obviously a lot of times most of the time music does not come from music at all it Mm. is a result of life you know um love loss relationships etc you know so um yeah um and like i said music comes from all those corners Um, um i believe um that I mean, not believe. I, I've experienced the the uh, um, music that I've composed uh, and shaped in my head over a very long time, a couple of months, almost a year. And then there were times where I woke up with something in my head, and I just wrote it down in ten minutes, and it's it's complete. So, um, in a nutshell, that's the process. You know, it, it can inspiration can have all sorts of forms. You know. Mm. A flower, a sound, Mm. Mm. a taste in your mouth. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and 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 teaching with your students at Salamboš. I mean, obviously, you have an academic element there where you're trying to teach, Mm -hmm. you know, the stuff that you said, the cerebral stuff, the stuff that you know. You're teaching that, but at the same time, all these people have their own lives, their own personalities. So, as as that also, I'm assuming that's also definitely shaped the way that you write music or the things that you're passionate about.
1: Yeah, well, um, I. I believe that music is just another extension of, of who you are in terms of your of your character, mm. you know. So, and I and I believe that music should be a mirror of, of the character, mm. you know. Um, you should be as honest as you can when you mm. present music, you know. So, and because all that stuff has value because people relate to humanity, you know, the human factor, and I think that is the valuable thing that I um, try to teach my students you know if you are a um, disrespectful ill-disciplined person it will come through through your music but yeah. so will the good mm. you know if you have respect and discipline and love I think that um, that will be reflected in, in your music so yeah, yeah. So basically when I teach jazz to my students, I basically teach them about life.
0: Yeah.
1: Not just, I'm not the facts and figures type of teacher.
0: Yeah.
1: In that sense, you know. Yeah.
0: Do you you feel because I mean obviously jazz has this component where um, where it's the the, the soul of the music comes from the person comes from life as you've mentioned, Um, and there's definitely other genres of music that do the same thing it's 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 integrally connected with the way that you make music, but there is a feeling and this is something that you know, I I just want to know personally. This is there's a feeling that some of the more pop and, you know, or other the stuff that you hear about, even though you don't want to hear about it in terms of, you know, YouTube and social media Mm-mm-mm. is kind of like mass produced for its popularity. And it, 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 it's extremely popular for a very short time and then falls off again. You know, it doesn't become a classic. Um, do do you feel like there's perhaps you know a type of a industry churning out machine type of generating pop music that's lost its soul or or do you feel like every person every person is different and that's if you don't understand that necessarily you don't understand the person necessarily which is okay because different music has different forms
1: yeah man it's the same with anything in life you know if you you know you can you can make blockbuster movies for for this summer and then you can make Mm -hmm. Oscar winning classics and you know know, it's Mm. all about um, there's a place for everything Mm. and there's a need in one person for all of that stuff I I believe so um, I don't like to pass on judgments on commercial music or or that type of thing because like I said there's a place for everybody under the sun and there's a thing for everybody to enjoy.
0: Yeah, yeah that's so. that's that's awesome yeah i yeah. i agree with that as well. it's, it's great it's great to hear and it's it's, it's a mutual respect among musicians even though yeah. we might have different tastes um yeah, so sure. we've also known that you've been part of a couple of uh, outreach programs could you mention a couple of those and and what they're, they're centered around mm-hmm. and
1: well i've been um you know in our communities i've tried to to give back somehow you know um, I, if i just can't remember at the top of my head i used to um, I sort of still am. I'm a part of the um, Stellenbosch University um, um, outreach program, in a sense, because uh, part of what they do is they go and um, uh, they have a, this university jazz band, and they go out to schools and underprivileged communities and and show them the possibilities of, of a brighter future through music. And... Um, yeah, so I've always been part of that and I've, uh, there's a, a, a couple of students that I've mentored in, in the Southern Cape. You know, I've got um, a friend who's a very good teacher friend of mine who's doing wonderful work in the Southern Cape and that has become sort of a feed for us at the moment at the university and obviously um, very dear to my heart there's this group from Ponty called the Jazz Yard Academy and also, it uh, was an attempt, you know, and a successful attempt to keep young people off the streets and um, getting involved in crime and um, all sorts of evil. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's my three main um, um, avenues of, of community work and outreach.
0: I, I can't hear you. Oh, sorry. That's my bad. Yeah. Um, music has this amazing amazing quality that, you know, you you can almost channel energy that would otherwise be used for, you know, uh, you know wasted energy. I, I want to put it that way. I don't want to classify anything, but, you know, wasted energy, you can actually channel into something that's beautiful and, and bringing people together. And so in that sense, it actually is a fantastic outreach program, especially in, in terms of youth and uh, keeping them off the streets, especially if they have hmm. very little else to keep themselves busy with. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a really, really cool outreach program. And, you know, that's obviously been a bit more difficult, I'm assuming, to do in lockdown because you can't visit yeah. like, visit these people. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm assuming that's challenges as well. But at the same time, we've had, you know, the Libertas Choir is, is an amazing example of how you can effectively digitize um music outreach, yeah. Yeah. yeah and then outreach program through that where everybody's literally in their own home and you just have this amazing choir that work perfectly together mm-hmm. and you know have somebody that edits it together which i'm sure is a <laughs> lot of effort but you've also mm. seen ex- international examples of people singing around uh, singing like a bunch of bunch bunch of songs together as a cappella. so how have yeah. you adjusted to to lockdown and and in the pandemic and, and continued your your passion for music reaching out rather well um
1: What I've been doing during lockdown is I spent a lot of time at my instruments again, (laughs) you know, practicing and going back to the drawing board. You know, like I said, I'm a teacher. Um, I have to, to, you can't teach things to students if you don't know yourself what the hell's going on. So uh, I've been sort of um, sharpening that tool of mine. Um, And um, obviously, um, it's been long overdue but it's been five years almost since I released an album so I'm in the process of finishing up the album I've recorded the bulk of it um, over the last year
0: or two um, so yeah um, do, you, do you have a timeline on when that's coming out?
1: Uh,
0: didn't, not, uh, no, no okay. this time I'm, I'm not too um
1: yeah i'm not too anal about it yeah 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 yeah. yeah. and do you have a yeah. name for it
0: because we, we just we just kind of yeah. want to you know well i'm just uh, throwing it. some names
1: around at the moment in my head but uh, the one uh, uh, that's been stuck there it's called t's and c's apply terms and okay. conditions apply yeah hmm. so that's that's my album i don't just know want to make sure that, that. The... it's just a cool name in, in my head yeah. And I think, yeah yeah
0: yeah we, we want to make sure that we're able to, you know, in some way uh, plug that so that when it does come out, people know about oh. it, because um, I think it'll it'll be, I'm, I'm excited yeah. for it after having talked yeah. to you. Cool, um, man. I just want to say, lastly, you mentioned that your your favorite song um, or the favorite one that if you've written and, and you know, obviously a fan favorite um, mm-hmm. is, is Sons and Captains. Uh, could you just give a general uh, idea of how that came about? And did you expect it to become your most popular song or most requested one rather?
1: Um, you know it's one of those songs that I just wrote in uh, it just came to me one morning and uh, I remember sitting in, in in our house with my girlfriend um, roaming around here and she she always tells a story she when she heard this I was like fiddling around with this she knew there's something um, there's something coming up and this was on the eve of me recording my last album called Echoes from Low School so um, when we got to the studio we had a hell of a morning very grueling tiring uh, morning and I Mm. said to the guys listen it's time to take a break but I didn't mean like a tea break or whatever Mm. I just meant we're going to give our our brains a little bit of a breather so I went to my backpack and I Pull out a couple of charts, and it was the chart of sons and captains, which I prepared. I think the previous evening. Yeah. So I just put the stuff in front of the guys. Is we're gonna play this now, you know? And I knew it was a, it was something that the guys could hack, you know, mm-hmm. um, like one time, and we did, and um, we recorded it, one take, two takes, and it was done. Um. I didn't know that people would like it, but I knew there was something special about it. Mm. Maybe it's because of the simplicity and the sort of of singability of it and the kuma groove, whatever. Yes. I'm not too sure. That's all just speculation, Mm. of course. Um, But, um, yeah. So what you hear on the recording is the people basically playing it for the first time without having heard it before. Yeah. So that's, that's, the special thing about
0: it you know yeah that that's amazing because we, we have we have the perspective of people that don't really know necessarily what exactly happens in a studio that you know it's the scenario where we it's like a in my perspective it's like a making a movie you know you have to do 10 takes or something and then sometimes you mess up the, the, the times that i played an ensemble we most definitely didn't get it right the first time so <laughs> is, is is there a comfort about it is it the simplicity <clears throat> what's what's the magic in recording something that you know like a, okay this is ready to be eternalized in digital form.
1: Yeah. No, the thing is about jazz, um, the best jazz in my opinion happens in the real time. So mm. if you can capture something that's, that is in real time that happens in the moment, there's no editing, there's no overdubbing or, or at least little, uh, not more than a little. Mm. Um, then, that's what you want, you know, and obviously, that's just one type of, of, of production technique or approach. Sometimes you want to um, do something a little bit more slick and produce, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And like I said before, there's a, a need and a place for everything. Mm. You know, so um, yeah, and also in my um, ensemble, specifically, when you write you know you, you know who you write for you know what i'm saying so it's when you write it's almost tailor made for the players in 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 the in the group so you are sort of guaranteed success in that sense yeah. you know
0: yeah. You, you, you trust them. You, you know what they're like. Of You've course. played along with them so long. You know what their soul is and the way that they interpret music. So, you know yeah. that if, you, if do you do, you just push them in the right direction. Is the music completely written? Or do you know that they'll interpret it in the way that you intended to because you just have played along as so much?
1: Yeah. Well, well, you can only sort of um, um, govern the outcome at, at, at a certain level. But, you know, a lot of the times you just let them do the magic. Mm. Besides, often, what you need is is not as good as what comes out when when you have a group of people doing the magic,
0: mm. you know. Mm. So, mm. Yeah, so, and
1: obviously, um, when you write songs, where you know this is the it's always going to be this long, it's always going to be um, this tempo, etc., etc. Mm. But in my music, <laughs> that happens very little. Mm. Yeah, mm.
0: so. It's very natural. Uh, we, we just mm. want to, you know, lastly, I just want to say thank you so much for okay, having to talk to you about it. This is something that I'm also passionate about. I want to give you a last chance to say anything or plug anything you'd like to.
1: Well, I just want to say thank you for, um, for having me on this um, edition of what's it called, Worldview. Worldview. Yes. Yay, yeah. man. Go yeah.
0: Worldview. Yes. Thank you exactly. very
1: much. And I feel very um, privileged and honored to be here. Thank you very much, Beatrice and um, Mr. Brown.
0: Yeah, well, the, the honor is ours. Um, we'll we'll make sure to let you know when it you know when it all comes together, and we'd like to know also about when when your album comes together. So uh, we'll be sure to add any of the things that you've talked about in the description below of the video, and of course to our viewers, uh, we just want to say thank you so much for watching. If you've made it thus far on the video, you most definitely liked it. So if you want to share this perspective to so broaden everybody else's worldview. Please, by all means, you know, like, share, and subscribe. It, it helps out not only the channel, um, but also ex- exposing people to different perspectives, particularly. Cool. And of course, you know, nothing is is, is easy in life. You, you got to get paid to do anything. So, um, you know, we also have a, a platform called Patreon, which supports the platform through monthly, uh, willing, you know, completely optional uh, donations. Um, If you're willing to subscribe to that, it also helps to get better equipment. You reach more places and people, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, So this has been Worldview. Thank you so much for watching.